welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 34 for Monday, April 8th, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me, as always, is Johnny, but you may know him better as Pixel Riffs, the great castle builder of tomorrow. <laughs> of, of tomorrow, definitely. Not necessarily the great castle builder of now. <laughs> I saw this in the notes, and I was like, I'm going to have to raise an objection to this particular moniker that you've assigned to me, considering that we're on a podcast that has interviewed Fwip, Mythical Sausage, Fixit, and Wells Knight in the last, you know, in recent <laughs> memory uh I, I i don't know if i can count myself as a great castle builder just yet i am a uh, a journeyman castle builder at best at this stage but hello right, we, we need to, we need to trade castle towers with you until you reach tier four is that the... <laughs> that's that's how it works i'm pretty sure yes i am now i'm now nice. an npc put me in the game um, I, I want to say before we start getting into our usual quick login, I want to say a quick thanks to everyone who came out to our first patron hangout, which we'd advertised a little bit on the show, made sure everybody in the Discord knew when it was, and inevitably we has to miss we had to miss some people because of time zones and things like that. But for those people, uh, that is now available on the patrons only RSS feed, where patrons can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. We had a lot of fun. It was great to chat to people about the direction the podcast is going, our ideas for the future and uh, we had sort of an interaction or two with the chat. Uh, we're expecting in future that we'll kind of get into the swing of these things if we're doing them quarterly, and we'll probably encourage people to submit a few more questions so that we can kind of keep the discussion going in the direction people want us to. But if you're happy mm -hmm. to just tune in and hear us talk for a little bit, that's that's absolutely fine too. That's what the rest of the show is, I guess. Yeah, um, we, but, well, we got into some, some chat room questions and stuff a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had kind of some State of the Union things that we had to get into at first. Yeah, um, and it, but, it's, uh, it's yeah. perhaps going to be pared down a little bit in future. It's going to be a bit more mm -hmm. kind of a, a little bit more structured. It was it was our first yeah. time doing it, so there are always going to be a few uh, a few things yeah. to uh, to iron out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also I double checked um, my my podcast app that I use to subscribe to the member only RSS feed on the Patreon page. Uh, the episode the um, the quarterly hangout came down this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, like automatically so if you're if you are already subscribed on the patreon page then you don't have to do anything these quarterly hangouts will just show up uh on your on your podcast feed as an extra episode that that week which is cool uh looks like the next one is probably going to be the like somewhere around the first week of july it's always hard because that's like a canadian you know u.s holiday sort of time but um we tend to it looks like we're going to be putting them in kind of like in the week after the quarter closes. It gives us the time to kind of like crunch some numbers and take a look at some some stuff sure. to talk about and and an opportunity for people to write in with any, with any questions. Yeah, um, we'll, but we'll, going, let, we'll going let you back, know when the next one happens. We'll we'll give you advance notice for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to the castles, uh, obviously, I mean, you you had started uh, a castle build in in your Minecraft play this week. I yes. I watched the episode. I'm I'm all caught up. Um, how like how did that how was that to make like i mean making a video about it is one thing but like how was it like from the ground to try and envision you know what you were doing with the castle i tell you what it helped enormously having a second instance open and like just watching it from a top-down perspective really made all the difference like i i was almost watching that more than i was watching what i was doing in my main screen where i was actually placing the blocks because mm. knowing what the layout looks like from above is really really useful for that kind of thing so if anyone is interested in castle building i would encourage you to either do that or at least set up like an easy ender pearl target that's up in the air or you know grab your elytra and some fireworks and fly up and take a look from the top down because that's so useful in seeing where everything is if you've got a hilltop you can fly to even just from a to look at it from a distance really does make all the difference 
Look, it's always mm. it's always especially with something on that scale about the bigger picture and just looking at it from the the region of you're looking at the the six or seven blocks that are in front of you it doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you see it from outside yeah i, I something i do find difficult um, with big builds like that in minecraft is is getting that perspective on you know when you're building a, a castle tower that's like nine blocks wide or something like that you can't even see the curve of it when you're standing in front of it you really have to back up yeah and uh it's a little bit tedious uh i find sometimes on stream but it's worth it to continuously be using even if you're just backing up without going vertical just using an ender pearl to just shoot yourself you know 50 blocks or, or 20 blocks back so you can turn around look at it and go like mm, no that needs to be taller or actually no that's good or you know yeah. whatever those decisions are did you plan this out in any other way before you started building or did you just go straight into minecraft just free-handed it in survival i i didn't think i was gonna go anywhere with it if i sort of drafted it in creative first um, mm -hmm. and, and I was editing stuff as I went too. like, if I, if I looked over at the, the kind of third person top down view and went, no, that doesn't quite look right. I would go back and I would just cut that section out of the video and, and keep, keep building uh, it in the direction okay. that I wanted to. So, yeah. so that, that allowed me to edit it as I went, but I was pretty happy with the results. I should also say a big thank you to our friend whip who made a fantastic tutorial that I think came out a little bit before we invited him on the show. Um, yes. and yeah, we, I, I was basically not following that to the letter because obviously I wanted to make the castle a little bit more my own, but his instructions for how to lay out the boundary of a castle and kind of get the floor plan done, get the blueprint mm. in, in mm -hmm. place, it was phenomenally useful. And I'm, I'm so happy that that existed and gave me the pointers that I needed to start this off. And there are a few things structurally that he's done differently to what I've done. And I think what I need to do is work on the floor plan a little bit more and create more rooms that are not necessarily, they don't have a foundation on the floor, but maybe they're raised up and there's like an archway that you can walk under that I haven't necessarily laid out in the blueprints quite yet. But mm. these little connections and stuff, I think I will, I will get to. He's got more of like a, a castle keep great hall kind of area that I think mine lacks. So I'm trying to figure out a way to integrate that kind of stuff. But it's, it's a work in progress right now. Yeah, yeah, of course. When I was watching it, I, I really enjoyed the the part where you were talking about uh, the barracks or the potential barracks at the kind of the front right part of the castle yeah. where you kind of had like a separate courtyard and a separate gate. It's like it, it almost feels like it's protected in that where that's where the ammunitions and the weapons and the soldiers would be. And so that they have exactly, to be, have an extra layer of... of security and all that kind of stuff you can have bunk felt, beds in there for the soldiers and so forth yeah, yeah yeah it's cool i find that a lot of this kind of stuff when you give it purpose imaginary purpose it really influences you know your build and where you put things and how the layout works and i was thinking about that when i was building my fortified bridge uh on on the citadel last week and finishing that up it was the same idea it was like well for me it was this used to be something that functioned as a gate or a protective you know causeway and is no longer so it has to look yeah. like it was intended to be built to be fortified and, and and defensible but it doesn't have to be super functioning now because it's old it's meant to not it's meant to be repurposed now as just a bridge and yes there's towers but they're no longer you know the arrow slits are not there because they don't need to be there all that kind of stuff yeah not um, only that but you, ha you have to think of the the consideration that also it has to be functional for you as a player that's the main thing i mm, thought of with this mm. is like this castle doesn't seem all that defensible it's between these two mountains the main gate basically leads you straight through to the what i'm thinking of as the throne room or like the main area where the nether portal is which is supposed to be what these people are keeping 
keeping secret from the rest of the town. Not a very well-kept secret if you can basically go a straight line from the main door and get to it, right? <laughs> that's, that's where yeah. the battering ram goes if you're thinking about yeah. sieging this place. But yeah. the the other side of that is that that's where my nether portal connects me to my nether hub i've removed the nether portal that i had over at my farmhouse just because for the lore of the world it doesn't really make sense for this farmer to have a nether portal in a cliff right next to his wheat field but then as a player i've got to go to and from that nether portal to get to the nether and go anywhere else so i much as i want to make the castle layout a little bit realistic and make it feel like it is defended i also need to be able to get to that nether portal in a hurry and from the nether portal to go back to anywhere else around founders forge the town i'm building so yeah yeah it's it's that that sort of dual consideration of yes this has to look like something that if the world were populated by this fictional group of people then they would have some means to defend the place and that's why it narrows a little bit on the way in and there's going to be nice big walls for people to you know level crossbows at whoever comes to visit but also for me as the solitary real occupant of the world i need to get to that nether portal in a hurry i feel like there's an opportunity for a maze-like you know very squirrely way of a a guest to try and get to that nether portal, but then a secret bookcase door for yes. Pixel Rift yeah, exactly. just to, to be able to like. I'm just going to press this key on the on the on the note block, and my my bat cave <laughs> will yes, open. Exactly. And play, we'll, play we'll the same down. play the same three chords on the piano kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, do you did you do any? I mean, obviously, you did some research with watching, you know, Flip's tutorial about laying in a castle. But did you do any like re- reference or research about castles in general? You know, in terms of like you know keeps and towers and walls and portcullises. Like, did you look up any? references or do any research i have not yet i probably will as the castle itself develops but i think mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing i could get lost in and then sort of hamstring myself with wanting to a fit all of this stuff in if it's not going to fit and then b right. get so stuck into the realism that i think well i couldn't possibly build that in minecraft and then i just don't end up doing it at all i think that the main reason i'm building this castle now is because i was like it's now or never basically if i right. if i don't if i don't build it now then i'm going to lose all confidence in it and 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 just never end up doing this so I, I i feel like this is taking the plunge for me but i'll probably look into portcullises and gateways and stuff like that just for a little bit of if nothing else inspirational material reference material oh, shape reference yeah exactly yeah, yeah. That, you know, that kind of stuff some, yeah. designs for towers and roofs and that kind of stuff i'm sure will come to me through various means uh mm-hmm. but yeah in the meantime i'm just happy to have the the foundations laid how about you what have you been up to this week so I took some time uh, this week to get out of the the building phase and get back into some more technical stuff. I like to flip flop back and forth, yes. and I have a skeleton farm uh, in the swamp base, which is much closer to Dartmouth Meadows than the Mesa is, which is where the other other um, skeleton spawner is. So when you want bones and bone meal and white dye and all this kind of stuff, uh, of which we're going to need a lot because we've got some plans for some future builds, uh, I uh, I wanted to kind of make the bones a little bit more accessible so right now when you go through the nether portal you pop out into the swamp base and the skeleton spawner is way up in the hills somewhere and i wanted to be able to move those drops down to my main hub where all the storage is with like the witch farm and the slime farm and the mining stuff but i thought why just move items again because that i've done that a hundred times let's do something fun and different and you have to afk at this at this um, skeleton spawner so i thought well why don't i just move the mobs as opposed to killing the mobs immediately after they exit the spawner let's move them up let's put the mob up the elevator and have them go through this uh, water causeway and i had to kind of figure out how to do that in an efficient way i wanted to be fast but not you know i wanted to be efficient but um 
not too slow because skeletons, uh, for those of you that don't know, if they get too close together in a waterway, they will start to fight. Yeah, uh, they yeah, start, they, they, which, they shoot at you and then they shoot at each other and then each one other, of them gets yeah. killed. Yeah. Yeah. So the good news is that generally with at the rate that the spawner produces skeletons, they are far enough apart so that when they're going down the waterway, they don't see one another. I um, Something I've noticed with 113 is that uh, mobs will slow down dramatically at the end of a water stream. So blocks six, seven, and eight, where the water is really low, like ankle deep, um, everything just slows right down with the exception of items. So if you make your waterways uh, five blocks long instead of eight, then you can you can maintain that constant speed, especially if you put regular ice underneath them. So I've got this kind of cool looking ice, white glass uh, mob like waterway happening. And it's pretty good. So basically by the time a skeleton gets into the next phase of the water stream, his head is in water so he can't see the person right behind him so they never really get angry unless they really start to pile up sure um and then i'm dropping them off a cliff uh which is incredibly satisfying even though you <laughs> sure, can't yeah. you can't see them land from the afk spot which is disappointing but you can see them drop a good half of the 30 blocks they drop yeah so they just they just kind of like exit the water stream catch on fire because the sun is out most of the time uh and then uh at the moment they just hit a log i'm i'm debating on how to kill them because I, what I don't want to do, I don't want to have them just go into a hopper, have the items go into a dropper, and have that dropper on a clock constantly spitting the items out into the water stream. I've done that a hundred times, and the challenge that I'm putting for myself here is to kill them in a different way. The drop, I thought, might kill them, um, and it does if they hit a solid block, but of course, then there's no way to move those items. Like, the, the items just sit there on the yeah. block. Um, the only way to do it would be with a hopper. Or, or a hopper minecart and all of it like there's no way to get them back into a water stream easily without having a dropper and a clock yeah so i think what i'm gonna do is um at first i thought i was just gonna like daylight the whole thing and let just let them slowly cook on their way down to the base but of course when you get skeletons that spawn with armor on then they don't they don't burn in the sun so i think i might have to install a couple of lava blades that kind of cut them down to size along the way which might be kind of fun as well it's almost like you put it it's like we're putting the skeletons through a processing plant <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, that just I, kind of mows them down part of what i was thinking was could you have some sort of slime block thing to push the items instead of having a water stream guide them or a hopper pick them up but then if, if a skeleton lands on that you then have bouncing skeletons so i'm not yeah. sure if that's that's quite what you want but uh yeah, yeah. and even then you, you still have to have some sort of i mean i guess you could use a trip wire to like do like a delayed redstone but then you still have something kind of running on a on a not a clock but it just, you'd still have that sort of that sort of problem i thought about the piston thing too um but i also thought about putting skeletons in minecarts instead of water like from the get-go like just so, have so, them so in, you have, in a minecart you have skeleton roller coaster at that point which is an incredibly point, appealing idea now i say it out it's loud. also really cool yeah like i might try to do that on another build um but the problem there is that no i mean the good news is that the, all the chunks would be loaded so you wouldn't run into that typical problem with minecarts running out of loaded chunks yeah um but for whatever reason i just i, I there's other water streams already in the build so i thought well i'll just kind of stick with the same uh i do like the idea of watching items come in and, and flow through the system and stuff like that so so yeah i started that and it, it's one of those projects that's that's nice because the next couple of of stream sessions i think are going to be dedicated to this because we really only did the adjustment of the spawner 
um, which was already set up, but like adjusting the water stream, getting the skeletons up into the into the waterway and shooting them off the cliff. After that, they just stop. It just doesn't go anywhere. I can't collect items. So I have to finish the water stream, sort out the sorting system, all that kind of stuff. But that's the kind of stuff that I really like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a challenge ahead of, of finalizing the design for my central area in the swamp. It's been the makeshift bush floor for months, months. And I just I just can't decide what I want to do with it. Um, I like in one way I like the way that it looks but it also feels very out of place for the build so I almost kind of have to like make a mental note okay this looks good but it doesn't look good here yeah so we have we have to you know take a bunch of screenshots and make a mental note for another build at another place that this might work for Um, so I think that's maybe my reservation for tearing it up but at the time it was just an easy spawn proof block just put bushes everywhere and then you're fine um, less expensive than glass because we had a lot of trees and stuff down. But that, that's what I've been up to. It's been it's been really fun. And I, I had some people ask, like, what, why are you moving the mobs? Like, what what's going on? And it's purely for fun. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't need to. The, the farm worked just fine the way that it was. It collected bows and bones and it was all good. But I, I would much prefer to just have the mobs go by. It's it's funny. It makes me it makes me laugh. I think <laughs> sooner or later I'm going to reach that point where I've, I've got a skeleton spawner, spider spawners. I've got all this various stuff. I'm probably going to yeah. build a witch farm at some point soon because i have a perfect witch hut for that by the way uh i I think i posted a picture of it in the spawn chunks discord but it is oh yes effectively it's on the edge of an ocean biome it's a swamp the 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 swamp section is relatively slim in terms of the terrain that's actually there and it's right on the edge of an ocean there's a mountain nearby that might be a problem uh (laughs) because of course a giant mountain has to 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 generate nearby being the largest amount of terrain i would have to take down but if you AFK in the right place, I imagine you would not generate a huge amount of stuff other than the mm-hmm. witches in the farm. So potentially, even though single hut witch farms don't produce all that much these days, apparently, and people are like, I wouldn't build anything if it wasn't if it was like anything less than a triple witch farm. I'm like, guys, I can take it one step at a time. I don't need that much redstone. And well, and I'm, that's the thing. I'm like, kind of eyeballing it at this stage. I. It's for single player world, even for yeah. a, a server. Like we have a single witch farm right now. It's not a big fancy one. It's just, it's dispensers and water. It's not even a shifting floor. But because it's in a place where I built my mine and my slime farm and all these things, naturally by doing all that kind of stuff underground, I lit up a lot of the area. I did some caving as well, but I I naturally just lit up a huge amount of space immediately nearby the witch hut. Uh, And because I'm building in the area, the witch hut is always loaded. Yeah. So... I don't have to AFK there. I just have to play. Mm-hmm. I just have to hang out and do stuff. So if you can think of a cool way to build stuff around your witch hut or or some sort of cool task that you can do within load distance, then once you've got it set up, you're just going to be pooping out redstone, you know, <laughs> without thinking about it, right? It's what, it's what I and did it, with my slime farm. I deliberately found a slime chunk that was pretty close to the city build. So now I yeah. just get slime all the time. It's perfect. Yeah. Needed like a slime fountain. I think you have those water water stream, put those up to the surface and have it be like a little slime ball. Yes. <laughs> like the show off, like I've got so much of this stuff that I can just spew it into the air and not care. <laughs> <laughs> just, let me just casually pollute the environment around me with this stuff. We will yeah. see. Uh, right, so let's let's move on to the news. Let's talk about uh, Minecraft Java Snapshot 19W14A slash B. The B snapshot just had some bug fixes and performance improvements, but there are a couple of bug fixes we wanted to dwell on. First, 
let's go through the features here. Cats can now spawn naturally in villages and not just upon world generation. So those of you guys who have visited a village in the snapshots will know that cats now kind of patrol around and apparently they were just spawning when you generated the terrain the first time, but now they should kind of pop up every now and again as passive mobs tend to do, which is great. Uh, the second one was phrased in the form of a joke. Knock, knock, who's there? Not a pillager because they can no longer open doors, <laughs> which I thought was a nice bit of humor for the changelog and also kind of a, a worthwhile improvement. I think the, the pillagers being able to just go into a village house when the villager effectively, the only way they have of defending themselves is to go indoors, felt a little bit like, you know, th there's, there's no point to that at this stage. Oh, I am 100% behind changing this back. I yeah. thought that was going to be a giant pain in the butt to the point where it's like, I don't want to do raids. Like if this becomes, I have to kill these pillagers before they get to a door and kill all the villages or villagers. Nope. Like, yeah, because you're just, you're asking so much of players and there's so much um, unpredictability with villager AI at the moment. We're just kind of like, well, they went into the door, but they didn't go into the right door. So now they're all in this one building and <laughs> then it, said, just, it just, just, it just takes this slaughtered. one. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like lemmings. It's like, well, that, that it doesn't, I think it goes back to one of the things that they said way back at Minecon was like, it lines itself up for a unhappy accident, completely out of the player's control to ruin your day. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I, th I think the the raids themselves are still kind of unpredictable until people get used to them. And also mm -hmm. the whole point of doing a raid in the first place, aside from maybe farming emeralds from pillagers, which is, you know, perhaps worthwhile, but then you've got a village for that is to then get the hero of the village effect to get a discount on villager trades. And that's not going to be of any use to you if all your villagers are dead. So yeah, yeah like it, the, the, the incentive to get the hero of the village effect to trade with the villagers that you are currently around is kind of nixed by the idea that the pillagers might just be able to walk into their houses and kill them if you have a traditional village layout. Now that may change. And also, I haven't thought about this, but does the hero of the village effect still apply if you go to another village, like you're not the hero of that village, you're just the hero of villages in general. So like if you I if you would imagine it would probably stay true. Yeah. So if, if you finish a raid somewhere else, you have like a dummy village set up where you don't care that much about the inhabitants. But then you go and visit your trading village and you still have the discount effect. I assume mm. that still applies. It's it's attached to the player, not attached to the village. But yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like maybe you could do you could do it that way. You could have like a, a training village almost. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that there's going to be a, a, a quick way once the technical people get inside of, of 114 in these raids. If they decide to pursue this, it just looks like, OK, what's the fastest way to, for me to get hero of the village? What do I have to actually accomplish? Yeah. Uh, and how close can I do that to a village or a certain setup where i can then just turn around and just trade with villagers i think it's going to be i i like the idea of prepping a village with a lot of traps or trapdoors yeah, it's, it's going to be areas. it's going to be all about that just like luring all of the yeah. pillagers and stuff into lava and, yeah. and and getting rid of them quickly enough that then then they declare you the hero as soon as yeah. possible yeah, so it's 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 more of like a quick, I've got to go and, you know, similar to like collecting wheat before you go and trade with a villager. It's like, well, I've got to go kill a bunch of these guys before I go trade with a villager. It just becomes like that one more thing you got to hit, that checkbox you have to tick mm -hmm. off before you go and trade. So interesting. Did you have any bugs that stood out to you as, as kind of worthwhile mentioning? Absolutely. Uh, for my personal favorite, which I'll cover first, is uh, the fix of MC121148, which means that polar bears are no longer required for the monsters hunted advancement, which is something I brought up in a recent episode. I'm not going to take credit 
credit for this one being fixed or anything because the bug fix uh, was put into the the kind of bug tracker for for Minecraft uh, since polar bears have been added, which was around 1.10, I think, uh, or 1.11. So it's nice to see something has been done about this uh, because polar bears being required to in, in an advancement that basically requires you to kill all the hostile monsters in the game 99% of the time in my experience you don't encounter hostile polar bears at all because they're only hostile if there is a cub around and effectively they are defending the cub and that's when mm. they'll attack the player so there's you basically just have to go out and kill a polar bear that's not doesn't want anything to do with you in the current version so i'm really happy that got fixed i had a gripe about it in a survival guide episode and uh, yeah, I, I don't know like what prompted Mojang to fix it now. And there have been a few other suggestions in the past that it be fixed. So yeah, it's a good thing that that's no longer required. And, and it doesn't feel too much like they're taking something away because I don't think anyone really wanted anything to do with polar bears for better or for worse anyway. <laughs> so mm. just not having to kill another defenseless animal is is a good thing in my book. Yeah, I mean, it goes along with you know the, the theme of of endangered species and protection protecting yeah, the environment it, it, it doesn't it doesn't create that, that double standard where like they've told us recently that you can't ride dolphins because that's animal cruelty and things like turtles don't have any worthwhile drops unless you're really into yeah. getting seagrass from living things but yeah, yeah now, now polar bears are kind of added to that slightly protected status i suppose in the minecraft yeah. terms and you still can kill them if you feel like it there's just no no benefit for that and, and no sort of reward for the player doing that except the occasional right. fish drop but i think that's often enough to deter players from doing something right like i mean if players don't get any benefit from it it's simply wasting time and players in minecraft tend to not want to waste time yeah you know, they, <laughs> they, they they prefer the efficient way as, from what i can tell that's as, as, as we've as we've discussed before yes they are quite keen on on efficiency and yeah i, I think it's it's just it's just nice for for the, the empathy of the situation as well I, I i got a few comments on the video where i i was kind of griping about like do i really have to kill a polar bear this sort of sucks and they're like why are you worried about this fictional polar bear and i was like because video games can be a vehicle for real empathy like mm -hmm. it's, it's the same reason we want to keep pets in minecraft is like because we want to feel an attachment to something and i feel very attached to this game i play minecraft basically every day now yeah. and and i feel like an emotional attachment to things like polar bears when they're just wandering around being sort of beautiful out there in the snow plains i don't want to just walk up to one and swing a sword at it for the sake of it so yeah that was that was a a personal like favorite fix of mine the other relevant thing to this the the thing that a lot of people on reddit were pointing out uh, that might be potentially a sign of a future feature, although we have no evidence to suggest this, uh, getting stuck in a one-block high space, which previously was possible through uh, Elytra and through swimming. Uh, you could basically fly or swim into a one-block wide space or do that thing where we call it kind of Elytra crawling, where you activate your wings, jumping down into a hole. Uh, and that before uh basically it took you out of the sneaking or gliding animation if you entered that and, and there wasn't like water present or anything like that so right it, it, it didn't look like you were crawling if you went into third person your hitbox is one block high but your player still is like standing up on the block and you just see oh, your legs see. Uh, so it looks super goofy but now with this bug fix players can stop sneaking or gliding uh, oh no, sorry, play, play, player's animation for sneaking and gliding continues if they don't have the space to stand up fully. So your pose now automatically adjusts based on the available height. 
And some folks on Reddit had been testing this in the snapshot, and there were methods of actually getting yourself kind of into crawling, uh, like, pose by closing an open trap door on yourself, for example. You walk into the same space as a trap door that's, like, flush against the wall, you open it, and it comes down, like, where it would be on top of the player's head, and your player ducks, and then suddenly you can crawl into a one-block-high space. Uh, the elytra crawling works the same way. Ender pearling into a one block high space no longer suffocates you in the block above. It actually lets you kind of automatically mm. adjust to that height. And while this might be a bug of sorts, um, it's, it's you know a a consequence of a bug fix. And a lot of players are now calling for this to be turned into a crawl feature with an actual keybind, so you could go prone in Minecraft. And that might change a lot of stuff in terms of how we go caving, in terms of how people try and make their sel- themselves invisible for like PvP matches and stuff like that. You're, you're imagining it being slightly closer to something like PUBG or Fortnite, where you can go prone and like snipe people from a distance with a bow. Uh, especially mm-hmm. now we have crossbows and stuff as well. But I I don't know if that's going to be necessarily the way they want to take it. They just want to make the animation look a little bit more realistic for those situations where you find yourself glitched into those spaces but i don't know we have to use the term realistic with quotes because it's very (laughs) difficult to crawl or get into prone with no knees or elbows exactly yes Uh, (laughs) i i can appreciate the the player function of like you know not being suffocated when you're in a one high space uh i've seen that elytra trick where people kind of dive underneath the block and all that kind of stuff i Uh, I I, use that all the time for the record like hmm. i I get around my single player world like that quite frequently if i just need to duck under a redstone contraption that's in the way or something like i'll find myself doing that quite regularly I don't see the big deal about the animation, though, because I never look at myself in <laughs> in third person in the game. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I guess more often you'll see that, you know, people that make Minecraft videos will do it as a way to try and engage with a viewer. But, uh, like, I, I never look at myself in third person unless I'm showing something off to, to the camera. And when I do, I'm very, like, unlikely to do it in a closed uh, space because the camera is so glitchy that you most <laughs> of the time just end up either looking at your nose from three inches in front of your face or there's a block in the way and you can't see anything yeah the camera has collision with blocks and so yeah yeah, you end up getting a really tight angle on your on your face i think um it's probably just for the legitimacy of it being a sort of feature i guess Mm. if if we're going to call it that right now and also i i guess it it probably comes up more more frequently on multiplayer servers if you're like come with me Mm. through this like little hole that you can dive into yeah. using elytra and then you're just a bunch of guys just walking straight up with your heads <laughs> glitched through the blocks mm-hmm. above you it doesn't necessarily yeah. make a huge amount of sense to see that in the rare occasions on which you would see it whereas yeah. actually having a crawl feature in the game feels somewhat revolutionary and if 1.15 is going to be a combat focused update then potentially they've got that in mind yeah maybe i mean i Right now, your flying animation with an elytra, you still kick your legs like you're swimming. Yeah. So like, I, like, I, if crawling is just going to be looking like you're swimming on the ground, because I can't imagine them being able to do it any other way, right? Because mm-hmm. you're just, it's just going to be you're on your face instead of on your back, similar to how you look when you're in a bed, moving forward, sliding. And like, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see. I don't see how they'll do it in a way that doesn't just look stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> I there's just unless they add a dramatic improvement to the player model, then I just I just don't see I don't see it being something that gets a lot of attention from the third person perspective. I think yeah. people will care a lot more about the ability to do it, what my view looks like from a first person's perspective when I can do it. Um, I like the idea of having 
like the instead of the entrance to your base being you know some well guarded door, it's just some teeny tiny little hole in the wall that no one ever sees because <laughs> yes. you can just pop through it real quick, right? Like that's kind of cool. Um, I do, however, find the new crouching uh, animation and mechanic a little bit more interesting, where you can now walk under a one point five block space yes. when you crouch. You can have a slab above your head. And, yeah. and as long as there's one and a half blocks space, then I think it's 1.8 blocks currently. You can get under stuff like trapdoors and things. Yeah, because that's the, the height current, of the player. The current crouch, yeah. And and, and it's yeah. possible to sneak under some stuff. But introducing slabs to that, uh, that's making mob-proof doors for anything that's, you know, uh, two blocks high, which most mobs are, stuff like zombie skeletons and so forth. If yeah, you, you, so just, if you the... just have like an aperture in a wall that's got one and a half blocks height, the player can get through that and mobs can't. Well, the little, little one high zombies still could, but sure, yeah, but yeah. Maybe zombies, yeah. The, the, but 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 most the most of the most of the mobs would not be able to, which is which is great, you know, because it means like if, if maybe you don't want to put doors on things, you know, um, you could also it could also help a little bit extra with, um, you know, if you're playing on hard mode where zombies can break down doors to have a door, but also have a, the extra security of having a slab behind it so that you know you can't you can't just walk through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an inter- interesting, um, I guess. Well, feature. It was an interesting twist because it was it was one of those things where like they're changing it, but it's not something that the players you hear the players champing at the bit for. Yeah, but it makes total sense and it's a welcome change, right? Yeah, it's just one of those kind of nice little kind of tip of the hat things. Um, for me, the two that stood out were uh, that mobs entering a composter can never leave the composter. Uh, I was really concerned about this when I was seeing it in a lot of snapshot videos where the farmer would just be standing in the composter and not moving yeah and i thought like this is this is terrible yeah like if, if things if things get caught in this composter no one's going to use them there's just no so way glad... of like them pathfinding yeah. the way out of it yeah yeah so i'm surprised they can even get it in the first place it really shouldn't be a block that you can get inside of right mm-hmm. um i mean i can see the i can see the rp of dipping the 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 player um, path similar to like when you walk on a hopper you kind of drop down in the middle of it yeah. a little bit yeah uh you could do that but I, I thought the idea of actually allowing a mob to get inside of it was kind of silly unless it was useful um but it doesn't appear to be so that doesn't that doesn't look like it's going to be the case anymore and there was a bug where strongholds were generating above the surface well granted i can understand why they'd obviously want to fix that I just thought that would be cool if they did, if they didn't look terrible. I mean, they would look really awful if they didn't change the way that they looked. They just kind of generated these like weird ruin structures kind of like floating above the ground. But it would be very cool to have a chance to, instead of having to use an Eye of Ender to then seek out uh, a stronghold, which I appreciate the challenge of, it would be really cool to just be walking by a desert or walking through a jungle and just kind of seeing this thing and realizing, oh, wait, that's not a temple. That's a stronghold. Yeah, it's like a and surface then, and, entrance ruin. That yeah, like that. Yeah. I just, I did just kind of sparked that idea of like that would be cool if they could pull that off. I don't know if they could, but it just it would. I, and I think they'll probably leave it the way that it is, obviously, because of the, the challenge that is behind the eye of Ender and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it would was, it would kind of like remove one of the main th- reasons you get eyes of Ender, obviously, and you still need to complete the portal with them. But yeah, finding the stronghold, mm. at least finding the direction of them, because they generate in such a wide area that I feel like you could almost get away with having a surface area like a surface entrance to it and you wouldn't mm. just stumble upon that unless you were very lucky in which case you yeah. may as well be stumbling upon a stronghold while you're mining through a cave it makes the same difference really yeah 
the stronghold that we found is in the jungle and that took forever to find. Oh, I bet it did. Like, Digging oh through all God. that foliage. Yeah. Oh gosh. It was like, all right, I think, I think the eye vendor has stopped here. Let's just pull out the chainsaw and just clear cut everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And try to figure out where it was going. Yeah. It Trying was, to that follow was them through the trees. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can move on to our uh, chunk mail. We have a couple of emails this week that we'd like to get to. The first one is short and sweet. Uh, John, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, this is from Micah DV. Thank you for your email, Micah. It says, hey, Joel and Pixel Riffs. As a new viewer of Pix's Minecraft Survival Guide series, which I love, I completely agreed with the possibility of taking polar bears off the monster's hunted advancement. And then what did you know? Mojang did it in the latest snapshot. Uh, are there any other little things that, uh, that both of you uh, would like added uh, to added to or removed from the game. Uh, love the show, Micah. So yeah, we just talked about the the polar bears being taken off, which is great. Uh, so what do you think, Joel? Anything that you would, any small things that you want to have added or removed from Minecraft? Well, we, we get this question asked a lot. However, I wanted to focus in on the small things, like the little, little tiny kind of like quality of life stuff that they could, they could add. And for me, I've mentioned this a couple times before, but I am going to mention it again, just because I think it's important. Better or more ambient audio. I'll leave it at that. I think that's self-explanatory. Uh, I also think that single key elytra activation would be fantastic. I've been struggling a lot with elytra when I'm in one block of water, either landing or or taking off where you don't end up actually taking off. You just end up swimming. Sure. There's something weird about the way that those keys are working together. And I also find that I think a lot of the reason why people can't fly on servers is because of the, the need for a double tap register, mm -hmm. you know, between you and, and the server with the lag. Having a single key press be like Elytra on, Elytra off, I think would be a, a welcome change to the way that they work. Uh, I also, in that same vein, think that a single key camera press for the third person toggle would be good because you have to have it twice to have the camera face you uh, and i think that those two camera views or additional camera views should be mapped or have the ability to be mapped to different keys uh, and then last but not least would be a more robust die system for armor there's a reason that i wear iron armor it's because i think diamond armor looks dumb uh for the most part um i I'm always disappointed by dyeing leather armor for players in the game. It's just brown with different colored trim. Whereas in the, one of the late, more recent snapshots, they introduced horse armor dye where you can combine colors and get different shades of magenta and yellow and orange and yellow green and, you know, blue pink and or blue purple. And so I feel like there's an opportunity for them to add more dye colors to armor. I wish that you could dye and personalize things like iron armor so that everybody just doesn't walk around looking shiny, either blue or, or silver, because there's all these cool player skins out there, but you can't see them. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And it's, it's one of the things that I hope they address in an upcoming update if it focuses on combat. We've mentioned that a couple of episodes back as well, but uh, yeah, having the ability to customize that stuff more would be, would be pretty great. Uh, springboarding off that with the die thing, I would like the Java edition to get the bedrock feature uh, all the bedrock features surrounding cauldrons because cauldrons right now don't really do all that much in Java Edition. They're useful for a couple of things, most notably, I think, in redstone contraptions, although the composter is probably going to take that place at some point. But uh, in bedrock, you can, I think you can dye the water in a cauldron so that you can dye stuff like leather armor in a cauldron multiple times. And you can also fill a cauldron with potions. So you can either splash it with a splash potion or a lingering potion or just like tip a potion into a cauldron and it fills up one layer per potion. 
And then that's mostly used for crafting tipped arrows. You can craft like a stack of tipped arrows with a full cauldron, uh, which is totally different to the, you know, the, the proportions of that recipe that you see in Java. And the Java version requires lingering potions. And generally speaking, I don't use tipped arrows much anyway. But the other thing about that is the potion color is visible in the cauldron, which I think would add so much variety to how I use cauldrons in interiors. Like having mm. a swamp witch hut have a cauldron in it that already had like a bubbling green potion in it would be really nice. So I would like to see that, yeah, that functionality be ported over to Java Edition. And I'm not really sure why it hasn't been yet. Yeah, I think that would be an excellent addition too. As soon as I read that in the notes, it's like, oh yeah, that would make things really cool. Be neat with the new blocks too. Like if if you put a campfire under a cauldron, then the cauldron would bubble, similar to how a bubble column bubbles would be yeah. very cool. Uh, or I guess alternatively, if you didn't want to do the campfire thing, you could also just put like a, a fire resistance potion or any kind of fire potion into the cauldron and maybe it doesn't change it orange but it would maybe then make it bubble or boil or something um so yeah that would be really cool I, I like the idea too of having multiple colors for banners you know being able to have more than just the 16 primary colors i think would open up you know areas for, for some people i mean it gets super complicated super quickly right like you have to have a limit somewhere um but I think they've done a pretty good job with that horse armor because there's only like two steps between yellow and orange. It's like you get yellow-orange and you get orange-yellow and then you have the orange and yellows on either side. Like there's only two steps in between. They don't have like, you know, infinite little gradients. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think there's some room for... I, know, I don't know whether it's RP or whether it's it's just like the idea of just being able to feel a little bit more connected with with the game. And I, and I also feel like, I mean, I left this out, but I, we have to give Sausage a nod and be like, yeah, dogs. <laughs> we have to head. We yes. need, need more dogs. Need more dogs in the game. Um, well, we, can, we have one more email to, to read. It's not a super long discussion, but I thought it was an interesting point and a response to something we mentioned on an earlier episode. And the email is from Sammy. And they said, hey, Pixel Riffs and Joel, I really enjoyed episode 32 of the Spawn Chunks. I happen to already be thinking about difficulty in Minecraft. Currently, I'm playing an SSMP, or SSP Bedrock uh, with Keep Inventory turned on to ease myself back into playing the game, get used to differences from Java, and reintroduce some friends to Minecraft. The official line between cheating and preference options feel pretty arbitrary to me. Turning off fire tick is okay, but turning off mob griefing isn't. You can change the world to peaceful, but you can't turn off mob spawning. Uh, I want to be able to set up a world where inexperienced players can have goals, advancements, slash achievements, see our conversation later this episode, um, but not get put off by losing everything of out of certain frustration uh, with parts in the game. In Bedrock, end portals currently have a chance to suffocate you or getting, or getting you stuck in an infinite teleporting loop. It feels unfair that using commands labeled as quote-unquote cheats to avoid things like this are permanently, dis uh, permanently disables achievements in the game. Uh, the fact that keep inventory is labeled as a cheat makes me feel a little guilty for trying to get the best experience I can out of the game. Uh, on an unrelated note, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like uh, stars in Minecraft to be updated. 
Uh, they've not got changed since 2012. Their position is generated by a set seed. It would be nice if it matched a world seed instead so you didn't know what sky you're going to get. It would all depend on what seed you had. Also, shooting stars would be cool. <laughs> I agree. Actually, I have shooting stars in a texture pack, and they are really fun. Um, I tried to keep it short. Uh, you failed, but it's well. It was well, it was well worth sending in. I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm glad that you had quite a lot to say about the rules. I really, I don't have a lot to contribute other than I agree with mo most of what Sammy says. I think that some simple word changes with how they frame options in the game away from calling them cheats to yeah. calling them either options or preferences or settings like game 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 settings or gameplay mechanics however you want to adjust them they could call them adjustments just i think they have to move away from calling them cheats because it sets up the wrong mentality in the general player base where yeah. you will have someone saying you're cheating because you're you're playing the game this way when really you're playing a sandbox game the way that you want to play in the way that you and your friends can get the best experience and that's not cheating that's minecraft right yeah yeah i i 100 agree i think that right now there's some interesting discourse going on in the wider gaming community about whether cheat modes should be rebranded as more like an accessibility setting for some games mm. specifically in action games i've been noticing this around this new game that's kind of like a dark souls style thing uh, from the same people, I believe. It's called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Uh, I've heard this a lot, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of people are talking about like cheating their way through some sections of that game, and there's a lot of people railing against that and saying, like, you haven't had the proper experience of the game. You've risked nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. And I roll my eyes at that stuff because ultimately it's not affecting the way you play the game. So, you know, just because somebody else found a different way to beat the game under their own terms doesn't mean that that cheapens your victory if you're the one who's gone through this in hard mode it just makes it more available to other people who might want to see the end uh, i've i've heard the argument before uh, this was in a tv show a while ago that charlie brooker did here in the uk and i think the comedian dara o'brien was the one who said this uh the video games are a really weird form of media because they deny you content unless you're able to complete a task but it, it's like reading a book or watching a film but then 10 minutes in you have to stop and take a quiz before you can watch the rest of it or read anymore <laughs> like yeah. chapter one you get the book club questions come in like what are the main themes of the book so far you know and and it, it, obviously it's a different experience and video games are intended to be interactive comparing these forms of media doesn't necessarily lead to the most productive argument but it's a funny thing to think about really is that you know for whatever reason video games will gate that content from you and you don't get to see the end of this thing just by sitting back and passively watching and if an element of it becomes too difficult for you then the game just kind of goes well tough unless it's got some sort of accessibility mode that allows you to skip over parts of the game make things a little bit easier for yourself even going so far as to turn down the difficulty and stuff like that but then mm -hmm. i agree that branding the, these things as like a cheat mode doesn't really do it justice and i think it it sort of it creates this culture that you know makes fun of people who use those settings instead of realizing that sometimes they mean they may need those settings for just their own enjoyment of the game to be able to get yeah. what they want out of the experience and i think calling it accessibility brings up an excellent point too you've seen a lot of development lately from microsoft i believe with a large game controller meant for people that actually has some physical um handicaps you know some physical yeah. setbacks that they can't play games the same way that other people's play because they don't 
physically have the dexterity. Well, if someone really wants to play Minecraft, but they don't have the dexterity to keep up with attacking mobs, and it's better for them to turn mob creeping off because creepers blowing up their builds really, really sucks because they're not fast enough physically to kill the creeper before it happens, then that's not a cheat. That's just how that player wants to play the game. Um, for me, I feel like we've had this discussion on the Citadel a couple times where people wanted to turn off mob griefing. Um, we don't want to turn off mob spawning because we want the items and the drops and the farms and stuff. But for me, it was more like, well, that to me then stops being survival Minecraft. Like if there's nothing threatening my life and there's and there's no, no consequences to things happening, then it's less of a game for me, mm -hmm. right? I don't necessarily think that turning off mob griefing would be cheating, but for me, it's then no longer that specific mode of Minecraft. Yeah, it becomes, it's, 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 a bound, it's a boundary you're setting for yourself at that point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I think that's, that's something that even rolls into the fact that we are very end game on the Citadel and that, you know, like if I die, it's not the end of the world. I've thrown myself into lava with an ender pearl a couple of weeks ago live on stream. And it was a pain in the butt, but it mm -hmm. didn't really set me back much more than 30 minutes of non, I did it after the stream, but I got back to, up to snuff pretty fast you know no we've got some data packs on the server that make that a little bit easier but in general end game play you can get back up to you know full gear and better pickaxes and chances are that wasn't your only pickaxe that you lost anyway so yeah. you can really get back into playing the game quite quickly so it removes a lot of the penalty for um for dying but people don't call end game cheating yeah. Right. You know, but it's, it, it, I don't know. The, I just, the idea I that find... you've quote unquote earned that kind of stuff is, yeah. is hazy at best. And I feel like it's, yeah. it's more and more becoming a weak justification for it. Um, and I'm with you on those responses online of people coming down on like the, the hardcore experience of that, that, um, that I can't remember the name of the name. Shakiro Se or something. Yeah. Sekiro. So I, I don't understand the people that get that harp on other players for how they played the game. But what I find so interesting about that is like, that player that you're coming down on didn't pretend to have beat it on hard mode. They no, exactly. openly admitted, like, <laughs> I, I got partway through, I couldn't hack it, I wasn't good enough, so I turned on this mode that allowed me to beat it on an easier level, and then I moved on because I wanted to see the story and see the end. Yeah, there's, there's not they're an not element pretending. of competition there. They're, 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 no. not, they're not submitting like speedrun times to a leaderboard or anything. Like that's, yeah. just them, that's just them playing the game the way they want to, and they're like, I'm compelled by this story, and video games more and more have like, incredibly filmic compelling stories that people want to experience the yeah. whole way through they want to see how it ends without watching some let's player on youtube do it like that's okay mm -hmm. um go moving on from that conversation and briefly touching on the uh, the addition about stars uh, i haven't taken much time to look at the minecraft stars lately uh so i i'm not certain that i would be able to tell one sky from another if i stargaze for too long i end up getting mauled by spiders but i would like a more active sky and it's for a while, I used to play with a texture pack that enabled like a custom sky with, you know, more interesting clouds and that kind of stuff. And I don't play with that anymore primarily because I don't want to mislead viewers of the Minecraft survival guide into thinking that's just what Minecraft looks like by default. I would love Mojang to have a more active skybox. I think shooting stars would be kind of fun. I think it might be nice to just see like stuff floating past in much the same way that you suggested having more ambient sounds would be possible in the game. Yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. stuff like that, as long as it didn't get too repetitive, if the same stuff happens every day with a rotating skybox, I can understand it being like, oh, that's the time yeah. the bird flies past. But 
yeah, yeah. I, I can i can see it having some improvements and there are great texture packs out there that that change that stuff up so oh man i yeah i've got a you don't realize how bland the default minecraft stars are until you load up a custom sky pack and even if there aren't fancy things like nebula or shooting stars even if it's just a straight up texture pack of a sky uh normally the person that makes it has thought they've looked at the minecraft sky and they've looked at the, the natural sky and thought like there could be some middle ground here with more stars and varying various degrees of brightness and stuff and it it, it really goes a long way mm-hmm. really goes a long way to improving the nighttime experience to the point where like i don't want to sleep necessarily right away <laughs> like i kind of i yeah. kind of want to let it get dark for just a couple of minutes just to kind of to look around um i've also found some stuff with uh, sci-fi texture packs that make like you know alien skies and that 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 then you're just into some fun fun stuff but that's outside of the vanilla game and outside of of what um of what they were getting at in the email but but yeah there, there are opportunities to do that now you just have to do it with the texture pack So for our main discussion topic this week, I've been thinking a lot about advancements and achievements lately. I had basically an advancement week where, aside from a couple of videos, I went through and completed a bunch of stuff off of the advancement list here in Java Minecraft. And uh, yeah, if anybody needs a quick refresher from this, by the way, you can go to the minecraftgamepedia.com advancements page and there's a separate achievements page that lists the ones on Bedrock versus the ones on Java, which are called advancements. Um... And I was wondering, like, how much do you and I uh, rely on those to guide our gameplay progression versus how much you think it's a good sort of tutorial experience for new players to be guided through the progression by advancements? Uh, I also want to touch on how often we complete those extra challenges that aren't really part of progression, the stuff that we would just get anyway. And why doesn't Java have all of the achievements that the console versions have? Because there are a huge list of achievements now which just aren't featured in Java Minecraft at all. They could be added in via a data pack, and I would personally like the ability to set your own advancements in-game instead of having to edit them in via data pack. Like setting a custom goal for yourself from a menu would be kind of cool, but maybe that's going a little bit too complex with like the UI and stuff that would have to be involved with that. But how do you feel about advancements in general? I have to be reminded that they're there. Right. Cause yeah. the, the, I just, you know, so I, I had the opportunity to play the game with a friend and they showed me around and kind of showed me the ropes. And I was getting some of those advancements and some of the tool tips at, this to- at the time. But I also had a friend to explain them to me rather than me having to read them and then dive in and research them. So I didn't use uh, advancements to progress the game. Uh, or I, I might have even, I might have looked at them once just to kind of see what they were. Yeah. But then once you realize that there wasn't any reward attached to them outside of, maybe some experience um and maybe a guide is like oh quartz is in the nether that's why i can't find it on the surface like the really noob questions that you have in like your first week or so playing the game when you don't have you know a lot of um experience or exposure via youtube and stuff like that which i would say is like start of sort of waning like you know like once you get into the game discover that there's things to play on you to watch on youtube you can get up to speed way faster in a way more fun way by watching let's plays uh, and learning that way than anything in the game and it's odd for me because I'm a completionist gamer. Like I'm the guy playing Borderlands 2 right now going like, I don't want to move on because I still have to deliver these letters in this silly little quest, but that's the checkbox that I want to, yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to, I want to check off. But there's an, 
there's a chance when I do that quest that I'm going to get a new gun, that I'm going to get a new ability, that I'm going to get new more XP, and that as I do those, I know from experience in other video games that when I get to the ender, sort of the the end parts of the game, because I've had the extra experience, I will be a stronger player and not die as much. I'm, 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 going, not... th- I'm going through that with Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild right now. Of just like yeah. I know I want to know what all of the moves are. I want to know what all of the weapons can do. Like what is mm-hmm. the best strategy for certain things. I need to be an absolute tank by the end of the game, have upgraded my health all the way and my stamina all the way mm-hmm. to even have a chance at fighting the boss because I've not seen any of it. I don't know what's coming up. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like that. I'm, I'm a side quester. I do that kind of stuff. From a UI perspective, I didn't find advancements all that appealing to look at. Like just it, it, all right, it's a tech tree, but then you realize, oh, nothing's locked. Like I don't, I don't have to. I mean, in the game, sure, you have to punch wood before you can do anything else, usually. Um, but it, it, the achievements, it's not like you're improving your skills. You can't mine faster by unlocking different achievements. You yeah, can't sure. permanently increase your stats, your health, all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like without any kind of really worthwhile reward, because the reward is XP, well, once you have an XP farm, you're fine. Like it's it becomes moot, right? Uh, so I think that they need to do something in there to maybe incentivize players. I've watched a little bit of um, modded Minecraft, and I forgive me, I don't know what mod packs are involved because it's usually you know a, a big list of things. But people, you know, watching people like Iskal eighty five or other people playing mod modded Minecraft where they have tasks, you know, yeah, harvest there's, there's like a quest 50. book like that kind of stuff. yeah yeah like harvest harvest 50 cobblestone and but as a reward they end up getting some sort of alternative currency in in the mod pack but mm-hmm. something that you could do for example in minecraft is like you know pick something astronomical like ten thousand stone which for your you know your first world in minecraft that's a lot like that's a big ask but if at the end of mining that ten thousand stone you've got the achievement of like crazy miner and you got a pickaxe, like a diamond pickaxe that was unbreaking. It's not a lot, but it's something, yeah. right? And that's the kind of thing, those kind of little um, grains of sand, the, the, the little, the little uh, M&Ms in line, you know, kind of like make me think like, oh, yes, okay, one more. What, what do I get after that? Like, that was okay, but what's, what do I get for 20,000 stone mine? Like, what do I get for 30,000 stone mine? And that is where I get into the rabbit hole of like, see you guys later. I have no life. I have yeah, to complete. Yeah. <laughs> I must, must finish, you know, to the end. Uh, but I don't get that from the advancements. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, think, I think the thing about advancements in Minecraft is that because it's such a sandbox game and the idea is that you go your own way with the game, uh, right. if, if you want to, then making those advancements sort of, if not compulsory, then at least having more of a significant reward to them kind of distracts the player from whatever their personal goals are, which might be the the pushback that they're getting in from a game philosophy point of view, why there aren't like stronger rewards for that. And it's a reward system that you see come up, like you said, in in um, mod packs. I'll toss a few examples out there seeing as I know them. Uh, Project Ozone Light has a quest book like that. I'm pretty sure Foolcraft 2 had a quest book. Um, the Forever Stranded mod pack that I played had a quest book. Skyblock has achievements in a sort of written book in game but it doesn't necessarily reward you with stuff but yeah there are a few things that have like quests that you can turn in yes i've done this here are the items and you get a reward from that it it sort of makes sense in the grand scheme of things but it does direct play a lot more closely if you have such a strong reward system in place and with the advancements that we have in minecraft right now you would run out of them quite quickly compared to enormous quest lines for all the different mods that you get in some of these more kitchen sink style mod packs um 
What I would kind of like to see is some of the console and bedrock achievements in the Java game, because uh, I mean, for, for one, for one thing, just because of the puns, <laughs> there are, there are mm. puns in the, there are some great jokes in the, the achievement list, like uh, rainbow collection uh, is an achievement you get for gathering all 16 colors of wool. Um, right. The, the, the one for getting, you make a dispenser and you get an achievement called dispense with this. Um, and honorable mentions go to, it's a sign where you just craft and place a sign. Uh, and there's a new one coming for the Village and Pillage update, Fruit on the Loom, uh, where you make a banner using the Enchanted Golden Apple stencil, which I still don't have, right. by the way, so need to, <laughs> to get, get my hands on that. Now, I, I acknowledge that some of them are incredibly trivial as far as gameplay goes. Like, there is an advancement called Pork Chop that just requires you to cook and eat a pork chop. Uh, mm. I, I'm pretty sure there was one called Delicious Fish that was like you just cook and eat a fish it was the same kind of thing like you get you get 20 gamer score for just placing four sea pickles in a group enjoy your 20 gamer score for that um but then there are some things that are fun little challenges in in that list which kind of similar to stuff like bringing ghasts into the overworld which is an advancement in java edition right now um and and furious cocktail we have to brew all the potions it kind of encourages players to experiment with those mechanics without saying this is all you do with them um, and there's one in uh, Xbox or Bedrock um, called Trampoline, which requires you to bounce 30 blocks upward off of a slime block. And that's not that's not easy to do because you have to land accurately on slime blocks. You have to obtain slime blocks in the first place, which might be difficult without a slime farm. And then you've got to find a high enough thing or build a high enough thing to jump off of and then bounce 30 blocks upward and then presumably land safely uh, I don't think that's necessary for the achievement, but you probably don't want to fall 30 blocks because that's full distance for you dying. So I think there are some there's there's some opportunities to include more advancements like that as non-progression things in the game that would just be kind of fun to be rewarded for in some sense and give people yeah. ideas for stuff to do after they've beaten the main progression of the game, which is a question I get quite a lot is how do you sustain your interest in a world after you've beaten the dragon? And I think adding more advancements and stuff would be a, a solid way of doing that. I think it skirts the the difference between what most people get out of an MMO, which is ha which has quests and you know go collect thirty of these and bring them back, and then you get a thing. And obviously, that's not what Minecraft wants to be. Yeah. But I think having the advancements in some sort of chain and some sort of reward system, I think would would help in that direction. And the thing, the argument against like well, that's not how I want to play my sandbox game is silly because it's like, well, then don't do the advancements. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, play, play it exactly how I'm playing it right now, ignoring yeah. the advancements and yeah. just like forgetting about it. Um, I also think it's silly that advancements and achievements are called different things in the game. Yeah, um, it's, it's a terminology change that happened in Java fairly recently. And yeah. I get that it's kind of advancing you through things rather than achievements are very specifically like an Xbox thing in PlayStation yeah. 4. They're called trophies. And that contributes yes. to an online profile where your score is visible, whereas in Java right. Minecraft, the, the advancements are per world. So it's very much about right. the progress of that world rather than your progress as a player. Yeah, So, the, but they're, for, for all the, 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 were the PR that they spoke about, like making things more um, what's consistent across the different versions yeah. well they're not <laughs> the, you know the, and, the it's, and it's and it's, is, yeah. and it's pure language like you know like it, it, it just call them pick something and call it that 
you know uh, if it's if it's a minor, if it's an Xbox score that's visible to the public call it an advancement score like I just it's it, I didn't realize that they were even called two different things until we started researching this for the show <laughs> yeah yeah um, and, and and again like just to go just to show you just how under the radar these this stuff flies you know and I also think that it's it's not it should not be difficult to take advancements like the ones that you outlined with the fun puns like um, color your world or whatever it was uh, collect all the things um rainbow connection rainbow connection could easily be an advancement in java like that is probably easy to a easy to add yeah from the outside knowing nothing about coding even i can say like that does not seem like a large ask you know and it would and it would add a tremendous amount of little things going back to one of our earlier emails to the game right um and it doesn't seem like it would be putting out a lot of development time and a lot of a lot of stuff to ask. Uh, I also like the idea of you know a rainbow connection indicating to a potentially new player like oh you can get different kinds of wool, different colors of wool. I didn't yeah. know that. And, and, know, like, and like once you've got it, you're like okay, that's that's all of the colors you can expect. You're not going to dye a sheep and get like a color between orange and purple. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be it. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. I think too that the um, the idea of like getting achievement for cooking one one pork chop. I agree. It's trivial and dumb. So make it cook 10. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you, you have to breed pigs, learn how to breed pigs, butcher pigs, and cook pigs. Like, I mean, it, there's a whole skill set that goes in there rather than just like hitting one pig, you know? There is a, an adva- achievement. I, I can, we're going to trip over that a couple of times in this conversation. <laughs> there is an achievement uh, for getting a full chest of cobblestone. Uh, getting, so, so basically you have to gather 1,728 cobblestone. And that's that's something that, in a way, it, it also teaches you like the maximum capacity of a chest, but also, yeah, has has some stuff in there that is, you know, it, it feels like an achievement at that point. That, that actually feels like something that might be might be worthwhile doing. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think to round off this discussion, we did get an email from Vincent, which has a little bit too much info to unpack here. But I did want to say uh, thank you to Vincent for the email. And the quick question to pull out of this one is what other advancements should be added to Minecraft? Like, can you think of anything off the top of your head that you think is missing either from the like guiding players through the progression of the game or just like something fun that you feel like would be a an interesting challenge? I don't know about interesting challenge. I think maybe using advancements to point you towards the statistics screen might be kind of fun. Okay. So receiving... See, so one of the things that I like about advancements, because I quickly forgot about them. So when they happen to me, I think it's almost like a fun Easter egg. Like I didn't... I wasn't working towards this, but I just got the notification that I achieved this. I didn't know that was a thing. I think that happened the first time that I uh, received return to sender uh, on a ghast. I didn't realize that that was actually a thing that you could do. Um, or I didn't know that it was an achievement that I was working towards. So I think if someone, if you were getting these these um, milestone achievements, like um, similar to like when you level up in an MMO and they make a big celebration, like, Pachoom, you're now level 40, da, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be really cool It's if, 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 you know, when you do, especially for gamers that have been at this a long time and you receive that, you have now mined one million of these blocks and you get this cool animation thing and celebration um but that would then say like huh i wonder what other things like what are my stats on you know cobblestone or what are my stats on how many blocks have i placed how many how many trees have i cut down like i feel like something like that would be kind of cool to kind of highlight the fact that there are some really cool numbers that minecraft tracks that most people don't pay a lot of attention to 
cake slices eaten is one of those. I would love an advancement called let them eat cake where you've just eaten like a certain amount for you've consumed 10 whole cakes, which I think amounts to like 70 slices or something. That'd be fun. That's a game I want to play. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Same here. And on, on the subject of, of sweet treats and also ghasts, uh, back when Decidedly Vanilla Season, what are we on, Season 5 kicked off at the start of the Update Aquatic and everyone was getting hold of Tridents, um, I think it may even have been Mythical Sausage, or one of my server mates anyway, was the first person to kill a ghast with a Trident, uh, which was great. And we thought that should spin out an achievement called Toasted Marshmallow. I can't remember if mm. we discussed that on the show or something like that. Uh, no, or, or, first or, time I've heard it. That's if, funny. Yeah, if, if it was something we just chatted about in the, the DV Discord. But I think, yeah, something like that would be really fun. The, the, the crossbow is getting four advancements, which I feel like seems overkill considering that the advancements to date are relatively conservative when it comes to like individual weapons even the trident only has a couple for like striking a villager with lightning and then just throwing a trident for the first time i think gets you one but then the crossbow has a bunch coming to it that's for the different advancements like shooting multiple targets with piercing i think one of them is like a two birds with one stone kind of thing but you have to shoot a piercing arrow and hit two phantoms and I don't know if phantoms often line up that easily for that to be super achievable, but maybe it encourages you to invent a little bit with them. Who can say? Hmm. Yeah, that right. to me sounds like a, sounds like a contraption. You know, yeah, like you trapped, trap two fountains and then kill them with a crossbow. Get, get them in some yeah. cobwebs or something like that, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. right i think that's probably going to be it for this episode of the spawn chunks thank you guys so much for listening if you have something to weigh in on in the discussion then joel is going to give you the contact info shortly but for now you can find more information about this show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at the the music for the show was composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast if you're listening to this getting some value out of the show why not consider putting some value back in you can visit patreon.com slash the spawn chunks to join our community we're pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons only discord chat and get us closer to our next goal the chunk mail dispenser where we're going to take some time in the occasional post show to catch up on emails and discussions specifically from our patrons you'd also get to uh, participate in stuff like our quarterly patreon hangouts which we've mentioned at the top of the show uh we're currently at 86 patrons which is up again from last week thank you guys so much for your support and special thanks to our content engineers panqua and yitz for supporting this episode to the fullest you guys rock Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast uh, with server mates, uh, forums, even YouTube comments. I got visual proof that Vincent poked a friend in the arm. It was attached to his email, and I thought it was very, very funny. So thank you (laughs) for including that. Uh, I got a good chuckle out of it. Uh, Yeah, so just like tell people that you think um, would enjoy the show that they should come in and listen. And uh, and if you're a patron, explaining the ins and outs and the benefits of being a patron would also be a great way to uh, help encourage the show's growth you can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com you can subscribe on itunes android stitcher and spotify and youtube as i mentioned uh podcast reviews are a great way to help uh rise the ranks of the show and discoverability on places like android uh and uh, and itunes uh, i forgot to look up the review for this week so we don't have one but we will have another one next week the rss feed is linked in the spawn chunks uh, website and the patron only rss feed is linked on the patreon page and that is the only place where you can listen to the render distance the extended version of the podcast 
My name is Pixlriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixlriffs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called the Minecraft Survival Guide. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, where you can, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I stream Minecraft three days a week on Twitch. I'm probably going to be doing a lot of stone mining today to make up supplies for my castle. Aside from that, I'm at Pixlriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, how about you? Everything that I am doing online is at joelduggan.com. That's going to link you to Twitch to YouTube, it's going to link you to social media and to the other podcasts I do. So it's a really, really easy way. I'm easy to find online. It's all just Joel Duggan. I'm going to point you towards Twitch because that's where I'm doing most of my content creation right now. Um, but that's it. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Advance!